welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. I'm here today with Rhonda and we're excited to finish our little mini series on the top 10 symptoms of emotionally unhealthy spirituality. And we're taking this series from a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter and Jerry Schizero. And we highly recommend it. It's powerful and beautiful. Um, there's a little resource that actually goes along with this book that also is giving us just so much to go on and it's called day by day and it's a small devotional book that goes right along with the the series and the book and the workbook and honestly if you pick up one thing pick up the day by day so amazing it's so good and it just gives you very short very small devotionals to read each day but some incredible uh, questions for you to ponder and they're all very convicting. I think Rhonda, we should actually unpack some of those questions maybe in some future podcasts because those are, whew, those are really, really good too. Anyways. All right. As we finish up today, we are talking about, we're on the 10th symptom here today. And it is this judging the spiritual journeys of others. And the example is I often find myself occupied and bothered by the faults of those around me. Now I think right off the top, Nobody wants to, no Christians actually want to admit that they feel this way. Okay. It's so true. So right off the top, I think when you read this, you're like, oh, I don't do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. For sure. Like we, we do. For sure. Cause we don't want to be those Christians that are like Judgy. judgmental and, you know, hypocritical and we, we don't like judge Judy's. <laughs> That's right. We don't want to be those people. We also don't want to think that we are people who kind of fixate or focus on the faults of others. We just we just don't want to imagine ourselves mm -hmm. as those people. But the reality is that if we were really, really honest and if we took stock over the course of a day or over the course of a week, how many times we make just even snap judgments, small biases about what other people are saying, doing, how they're living as a deflection of actually dealing with what's taking place in our own life. I think we'd be surprised at how often this fires off inside of us way quicker than we realize that it does. And so this one's going to be a little bit harder, I think, even for you and I to dive into because it's actually hard to recognize the ways that we do this. Now, some people might say, no, no, I'm like a super critical person. I know that I am. That's part of my, like, I would not describe myself like that, like an overly critical person, you know, looking at others to judge them. But I know that this happens. I just am not super aware at how this happens every single day. So I think this is going to be a little bit of an interesting conversation to deal, to dive into together. It's so true because even in the Bible, we see the Pharisees and Jesus. And, you know, I love to think that I would be like the disciples and not like the Pharisee. But honestly, I probably many, many times I shift to the Pharisaical mindset where it's religious, it's legalistic, it's not how I would do it, how I would see it being done, my own narrative, my own woundedness, my own upbringing, every, you name everything that comes into it. Yeah. In our yeah. imperfect journeys, how we can view something, have a perspective on something. And even as we were prepping for this podcast, Laura, you said a really, a really neat thing. Like when we get to heaven, we're going to be really surprised at who's there and how everything manifested in life in the journeys of people's walk with God. Like because who really understood the, the love, love of God? Yes. Like who really embraced it and understood it? I think those people were just going to be surprised at who they were and how they lived and, 
in what yeah. facets of society they came from because I don't necessarily think they're all going to be the ones that are attending our churches every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. The I religious side. Lot, the right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think there's lots of religious people that, yeah. you know, have lots of religious order and sort of rules and expectations. And listen, religious people get this from the Bible. It's their, you know, it's not like they're not making it up. They're trying. I really do believe they're trying to live godly lives. But sometimes in our efforts to um, live a certain way, live by a certain set of rules, we place comforts around us of how that's going to look. And if it doesn't look the way it looks in our lives, then they can't, it can't be from God. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we get it wrong a lot of the time too. We do. And this is like, once again, we are not trying to make anyone feel insecure about their salvation. There's a beautiful affirmation right here. We just want to say like the grip of God's grace is the most powerful grip when you gave your life to Jesus. However, we look around our world, you know, it is a really interesting person. Like when you step back and you think how much you can look through your own perspective of what you believe to be true and how you've been raised or what your glasses are. It's almost like what glasses you're putting on. What's that lens? And uh, we don't have the perfect set of glasses. God is the perfect, perfect one. And we are very imperfect. So part of this judging, we may, we may feel like, yes, we're making a right judgment call, but we're also, we're not perfect. And we're making it from a place that comes with a lot of complications, a lot of nuances in our own lives. I know that a lot of Christians, you know, there's a, there's a scripture reference and I haven't, I haven't looked it up recently, but I'd be curious to know how many times in the Bible that the Bible actually encourages us to judge Christians. It actually tells us like not to judge people in the world who don't know Christ, but that we're to judge people who have faith, right? Like we're to actually, but I wonder how many times it actually says that because I guarantee you it's, I guarantee you it's just a couple. I, if it's even, I can think of one off the top, like I know there's one in Corinthians, but I, I don't know how many other times it actually encourages Christians to judge other Christians, um, or to sit in the seat of judgment. In fact, it says, you know, judge not lest ye be judged. And also to the measure that you judge, you're going to be measured. You're going to be judged with. So that's, and that was straight from Jesus. So that's, that's scary. We need to, you know, be mindful of that. Let's contrast that with how many times we're encouraged to love. Mm. Like it's endless, the amount of times in the Bible mm. that encourages us to love. And so I, I think sometimes we as Christians like pick up a one liner mm. and we develop this whole sort of like self-righteous, like I'm called to bring judgment on those who aren't living the way I think they should be living according to the Bible, where the Bible actually calls us to love a thousand times to one to, you know, it, it, it calling us to judge. So mm-hmm. I think it also urges us to focus on loving better. And I think if we can love well, the judgment side isn't even going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to do it in love. It will not even be mm-hmm. a focus whatsoever if love is the motive, if love is actually what we're called to practice and called to live out. It's interesting because um, I heard this quote one of our uh, one of our Sunday messages, and I thought it was so so powerful. It's from Larry Osborne, and it said this: If we fail to understand how spiritually impressive the Pharisees were, we will remain blind to the danger of becoming like them. We'll assume that their tragic transformation from passionate defenders of God 
into mortal enemies of God could ever happen to us. And honestly, like when I hear that quote, I do think like, God have mercy on me and Lord forgive me for where I've allowed a pharisaical mindset, like a mindset. And what is a pharisaical mindset? It's like, I think it should look this way. I Mm -hmm. think it should Mm -hmm. be done this way. I want to be the judge of your heart. Mm-hmm. I can't see your heart. I don't know the fullness of your story. I don't know why you're walking this part of your journey this way. But all I know is that like, I'm called to walk alongside you and love you. And so when I think about over history, and you and I talk a lot about revival, we want to see revival. We want to see God move in a powerful way. What do we think that's going to look like? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where do you think revival's going to happen? It's not going to happen in our religious settings. It's going to happen in probably the darkest places. But that's not going to look pretty. That's not going to fit into our molds. That's not going to fit into our religious boxes, the order of our church services and all of those things. So anyways, as I just think about all of this, I'm like stirred in my Mm. spirit to like, God, open my eyes to see where you're at work and Mm. how do we get in there? How do we get into those parts of our world and our society just like Jesus did? Oh, yeah. I love that, Laura, like that confessing our love for him, but our hearts being far from him like that, those disconnects and exactly like revival, like when we pray for revival, it's going to happen and it's going to be a hospital and hospitals are never, never clean and tidy and everyone's healthy and happy. It's where there's everyone's in healing, working, helping, assisting, oozing, oozing, bleeding, broken. you know, the wounded and you know what, we're all the same. And that's so funny. We often see ourselves much more in a more powerful, like we're the one helping versus that is what we are to God. Like we are literally that to God for what we have received, we can give out, but it's exactly how we are before God broken, wounded. And he has taken us in and covered us with the beautiful grace of his love and mercy. But we're no different. We're no different. We also we always see ourselves a bit more in a power position, a bit more in that I've got, I know better. I've got a way what you should be doing instead of saying, no, I've received that. <laughs> and so from that place I give. Now, I when you were talking, what came to mind is judgment and correction are very different. And sometimes we can feel it's the same, very different. It's once again from where things come from. So when I could look at someone and really praying from a place of love and seeing this is actually derailing or something I'm very concerned about, I can step into a place to bring, and I I don't even, but correction, like that word of encouragement through correction. Like I see this, I want to, do I have permission to kind of speak into the space right here? However, judgment is literally a ruling, a ruling like unworthy, like when God corrects us, he's not judging us. He's a perfect judge. You know, our sin would already have judged us, but because of salvation, he sees us through the blood of Jesus. But sanctification is the constant transformation, the correcting, the pivoting, the conviction, the forming, him being the, you know, he is the potter, we are the clay, like the constant movement of our spirit to become more like him. That is the correcting move. The judgment that was taken care of through the blood of Christ, done. So when God is saying, don't judge. Don't make a ruling. 
Don't make a decision here, like you're saying, on someone's heart, someone's motive. You you can't, you don't know. You, the judgment is not, you are not the judge and the jury. However, we're called to encourage, admonish, and help correct and encourage. And encouraging is correcting too. Like encouraging is not always just saying, I'm only going to say great things and be helpful and loving. Love is the motive of when I'm encouraging you, I can be encouraging you to move down a different path. I can be encouraging, but it's from a place of love, a place to say like, I want you to do well because we're in this together, not from like, you're separate from me. I am now in charge of separating who's with me, who's against me. Uh, Where in the Bible? No, no, no. That's so good. That's so good. Thank you for making that distinction. That's really powerful. That's a really powerful distinction. It's interesting because as I think about this whole world of judgment and, you know, again, we're talking about the symptoms of unhealthy spirituality. The reality is that all of the 10 symptoms that we have talked about over these last 10 podcasts, like they have caused and they do cause a lot of damage Mm to the body of Christ and to our own lives individually before God. But I do think that judgment is one of the ones that I sit with the most people and they feel or have been hurt by the church. And I say the church in quotations because the church represents any person who goes to church and calls Mm -hmm. themselves a Christian. So if someone has felt judged totally. by a person who goes to church and calls themselves a Christian, then all of a sudden they've been hurt by the church. It gets this whole, you know what I mean? It's like, it could be just one unhealthy person, but it doesn't matter. The whole blanket gets cast over. They've been hurt by the church. And I've sat with more people around the area of judgment that they've been judged by someone. And whether again, the judgment may have even been true. It may have been, they've been judged by something true that's happening in their life, maybe by a lifestyle or a choice that they've made or a whatever. Maybe they have been judged in the sense that it's been a true judgment, but that person has felt judged. It has caused them pain and hurt. And the response is the same every single time, run away, run away from the church. Mm -hmm. I don't belong. I, you know, I'm not worthy. I am rejected. Like, so I, I feel, I want to say, and I know this is not true. I want to say that judgment has caused the most damage of all of these 10. I want to like, almost like label, you know, put them on a grade, but I shouldn't do that because they're all damaging and they're all unhealthy and they all hurt us and they all hurt people. But this is one that I hear again and again and again from people and they can't get over it. They can't get over it because the second that a Christian judges them, whether that happens on social media, whether that happens face to face, whether that happens the way that people, you know, a dirty look that they're given or, and again, as I sit with these people, I often try to get them to go to the, like to come to the place where like, okay, that may be true and you may have been judged and that's not like, I, I'm sorry that has happened to you, but like, how do we get to the place that that voice isn't so loud in your eyes? Yes, like Jesus, yes, that's yes. not Jesus. Yes. Like, and that person may have misrepresented faith and misrepresented God and misrepresented Jesus for you and caused you a lot of pain, but that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. People are going to fail. We're going to fail at this. We're not going to do a good job. But I say that to say, if you're listening today, 
and you know that you struggle with judgment or criticism. Like I, I honestly just encourage you to go on a journey of understanding the love of God for you first and then giving the love of God to other people as much as you can within God's <laughs> empowered Holy Spirit within you because this is one that damages people for the rest of their life and they it's leave so church true. and they never come back and they blame the whole church because of that one judgment from that one person that one time and again it doesn't even matter if it's true in the sense that like oh like the you know, they felt judgment because they were living with someone. They felt judgment because it could be a true circumstance. But again, what are we called to do? How are we called to show the love of Jesus, to invite people into relationship with Jesus? I promise you, it's not going to happen through judging them. It's not going to happen through like self-righteousness, our self-righteousness. We've got to figure out a way to love the way that Jesus loved, to invite people into relationship with Jesus, to point people to Jesus, to point people to how to hear the voice of Jesus for them and how much he loves them and how much he is inviting them into that personal intimacy with them. But listen, this is real. This is real. And this causes real damage in real time and sometimes for the rest of that person's life. And I, I like that story gets me like that gets me in deep, deep, deep like that hurts me deep when people have been wounded by the church and rightly they've been wounded. Like people have genuinely said horrific things to them, horrific judgments. You know, you were talking about how, um, you know, Jesus literally came, you know, from an unwed mother, you know, in a, a humble beginning, born in a manger, you know, in a town where he was not, for, like all the circumstances of this humble, humble beginning. And I thought, like, how often even in church do we judge an unwed mother? Like, mm -hmm. it's a perfect it's a perfect scenario. And I'm not comparing Mary, the mother of Jesus. I know she was pure and I know the Holy Spirit, you know, this was all part of the divine call, but I'm just saying like those judgments, those biases that we just decide are, you know, you don't belong here. You don't belong mm. here. It's, it's hard. It's hard. And it runs deep in us. It really runs deep in us. Honestly, it is so devastating. Like as we're talking about this, because we have done this and we just, I even want to say on the podcast, anyone listening as we've just been talking about judgment and perhaps you've tuned in and you are one that has felt so judged by the church and have really been wounded by many people in the church that whether it's been right or wrong, doesn't matter. The fact that you've been wounded. When I say right, I don't mean that it was right that you were judged. I mean that maybe the circumstance was a true circumstance, exactly. but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The fact that you were wounded and feel and walked and felt so like an outcast like yeah. cast it out rejected. booted out rejected mm -hmm. we just want to right now say how sore and how broken we are about that that is that is devastating and we just want to acknowledge that and we also acknowledge that you know we don't have the right to just step into people's lives and you know we do it imperfectly and i'm saying like even as a church that we are so doing this imperfectly and it will be a work always that will leave hurt and that's why I think God is helping us to just love one another, love one another and be willing to say sorry, be willing to go back to it. You can't always fix what you've done, but you can come and say sorry and trust that God's going to somehow work within that relationship to hopefully bring peace. And if not, we do everything we can to bring that kind of repentance from our own life ownership of what we've done to cause pain. However, you know, we don't have the permission just to step into someone's life 
and just to speak in whatever we're thinking because we want you to become more like me, not to become more like Jesus, be more like me, think more like me, act more like me, look like more like me, instead of being more like Jesus. So even as I'm speaking about walking relationally, even as we're speaking into hard places with one another, because that's also part of love is being able to go into deep places. We also have to have relational currency and we have to have permission just to come stomping in with your big boots and be like, well, I see how this, this is going down. And you know what? I see what's going on. I'm just going to speak to it right now. No, you need to pray about it and you need to ask permission and timing and the way. And are we always going to do that perfect? No. And will it always be received perfectly? No. But there is a timing and a relational currency. And also, there is also permission. We don't have the right, none of us, to just come and to point things out in one another's lives. We just don't. Unless we actually can say, do I have permission here? Like, I, do I have, can I speak something, give you some feedback and something I'm feeling or seeing that I've been praying about? And it's really, I, I so care about you. It's really how things are prefaced because I know for myself, if someone would just come up to me, I've got lots that I could be pointed out for and just calls it out just in a way to like kind of, I don't know, bring it to my attention versus me bring, being able to say, can I just say something into your life, speak into your life? And if it's someone that I don't even know that well, that's really hurtful. Never mind, we get to really deep like dividing, wounded, deep, deep identity, deep places. We've got to be so, so careful and so led by the Holy Spirit and so gentle with one another that like you're saying, do we have a strong relationship to be doing that? Like I, there's so many questions to be asked in this place. It's got a lot of complications to it. Yeah. But we just want to acknowledge this is a wounded, big, big place the church has really failed in. And I know I have failed at and will continue to fail at, but want to grow, desperately want to grow in and want to bring, I want to grow to love people deeper. Yeah. And yeah. so I think it's really, I think that's really, really wise and really healthy because the reality is, yeah, there's going to be times, there's going to be times. And I, and I, and I'm happy that you're talking about that, that and addressing that, but you know, it's, it'd be interesting to actually think about, you know, in, in a, let's say a unique situation where you're, you're sensing, okay, like I need to, I, I'm, there's something on my heart or I'm stirring. Like, I feel like I need to bring some correction here. Like just to ask yourself, like with that person or with that situation, like how much love have you invested into that situation? Like genuinely, how much love have you invested? And again, it might be a friend. And over the last, you know, uh, 10 years that you've been friends, like you've invested love nonstop again and again and again. Well, guess what? You're probably going to have a lot of change to be able to speak into that. But maybe it's someone that you don't know very well. And maybe you've never really invested genuine love into that person. I'd say probably that's not going to be received. <laughs> yes. So, you know, like, let's yes. do what the Bible says. Let's yes. follow the way of love. And if you've invested a lot of love, then you probably have a lot of space to be able to, you know, speak that. But again, I, I think most of the time we, yeah, we get our own stuff mixed up in that, mm. in that realm and in that way. And it's, it's, it's really, really tough. Okay. I'm going to pivot this, this question or this conversation a little bit, um, because, you know, we're talking about the unhealthy side of judging the spiritual journey of others. Okay. Let's think of it from this perspective though. Where do you feel fearful of the judgment of others? So, cause Ooh. listen, I think all of us hate the idea of being judged 
for whatever, whatever, whatever things. What would be some of the areas that you would be particularly sensitive about being judged for or that fearful or maybe that even you're managing the judgment of others? You know, you don't Mm -hmm. want to be judged as like I think one off the top, like I think a such a sensitive place is being judged as a mom mm-hmm. like as a mother the type of mother that I am I think that's like I don't like I if somebody criticized or told me you know I'd be really sad I'd be really like crushed if someone judged me as a mom and you know the kind of mom and not that I like only need people to be like you're such a good mom not but that's a sensitive, you know, because you put your heart and your soul into, mm. or even in any aspect of my following Jesus, right? If people are like, oh, you're this or you're that, or you don't spend enough time with God, or you don't, you know, like, or even just gave you the impression that they were judging that, or even like, it's, if you, th- if we switch the conversation and we're the recipient of mm-hmm. this judgment, mm-hmm. what, like, what are we afraid to be judged about and how does that sort of show up in our lives i would agree like being a mother being a wife like some of those things that are your closest to you that you're most vested in and are so intimate they're so intimate i would also say another one that comes to mind and we've spoken about this before you and i privately and on a podcast but being a woman in ministry too Mm. that can be a really hard place like i feel like there is this judgment sometimes you walk into already preaching that i don't have a voice that I'm already judged, like I'm already judged that what I have to say is not important or not valid or has no authority or place or leadership. Wow. Because simply because I'm a woman, never mind the years and years and years and years of being in ministry and stewarding and supporting and watching God. God put you in places that you never like asked for, but it's not based on gender, yeah. but it does sometimes, that is sometimes a feeling that I have to work, I have to, allow myself not to take on and to be really transparent, you know, growing up, that was definitely a a, a narrative that was spoken in my church, in our city, with our friend group. And it's still something that would be very dominant in our, in my family. And so that is something, even when you talk about preaching, they, they can't understand how you could be preaching like that's not your place you know so that would definitely be a judgment place that's very sensitive for me and actually really uncomfortable it'd be easy to take the route of not going against that or just saying well I'm going to be judged on it anyway so why bother or you know maybe I don't have something really valid to say versus no that's not true that's actually not true wow so that would be that would be a sensitive one for me for sure Yeah. yeah so and again like we don't know what each other's triggers are And we don't know how, you know, tender from our literal past experience, upbringing, hurts, judgments that have happened over time, like where we are genuinely sensitive. Mm. So I just, I think choosing the way of love is always the better way. It's always the better way. And honestly, like God will in his right through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, bring to light what needs to be brought to light. I don't think we always have to be the arbiters of like what everything is supposed to look like because I think we get it wrong and mess it up so many times over and yeah so I know you know on the other side of this question yeah like I don't want to be judged I don't want to be judged Mm. and I love like that scripture that Jesus said you know 
judge not like to the measure you judge it will be measure it will be judged you'll be judged with that measure like oh okay <laughs> then i want to fall on the side of love because i want love to be the the measure that i'm judged with like literally oh, like yeah. i i've got lots of stuff i've got lots of stuff that i could be judged on it's not that but it's also like wow like i would rather God literally bring down conviction on my life and speak to my life through the Holy Spirit because he's a loving judge. Perfect. He loves me Mm. and he's perfect. So I'm not sensitive to his correction. I'm Mm. not like I like I don't love it. It's hard always, but I can receive it wholeheartedly because I know it's from love. It's from a place of love. But I don't always know that with other people. I don't. I don't, mm-hmm. and I don't always trust it from mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I think it's just something we haven't done super well as Christians and believers, and I think it goes right back to the Pharisaical heart and spirit that you know, following Jesus and following the the scriptures with a lot of rules can so easily bring about a legalism can so easily bring about it this is the way it needs to be done and that box looks only this way and you know i do feel like we're coming into a time uh, in the season ahead and i don't even know what this means or how this looks or how this is going to play out but where some of those boxes have to get broken wide open if we're really, really going to be a light in the darkness. Like we've just got to start busting some walls down and we've got to be able to say, and I'm not talking about foundations. I'm not talking about like the Mm. anchor who is Jesus. I'm not even talking about like, you know, chaos or, but we've got to start letting some walls of legalism and Mm. walls of law and walls of, you know, a pharisaical spirit and religious spirit be broken. If we're really, really going to be beacons of light to our broken, dark cities that we live, like it's not going to look pretty. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to come, you know, all packaged together whole, but God is moving in powerful ways around the world in revival in the most darkest broken places and Mm. i don't think our churches are ready i don't think our church structures are ready i don't so there's got to be some more shaking i think Mm. that needs to come for us to walk in this and invite this um yeah what god wants to do i love that you're saying the lord is we're coming down to a close because i know when your jason was preaching not too long ago he said you know look at even how the church handled um even vaccines we almost blew apart over that right right and yet we're like god we want revival we want all these people to come through our doors or we couldn't even handle that conversation never mind you start getting to much deeper harder conversations what do you do you think god's going to allow us to steward something like that like that's and cause more damage like that is actually a real wake-up call for us to be like okay god do we trust the work of the holy spirit we say it in our minds, we say it with our hearts, but do, how many times do I interfere? How many times do I get in the way and all of a sudden I know the way of God? Like I know how that should be right now. This is a step you need to take. And you know what that is? I want you to be more like me. I want you to be seeing it the exact same way, walking the same way I'm walking. And some people, this is brand new for them. The fact that they even open their Bible and read a sc- one scripture in Psalm is amazing. Can we not celebrate growth? Can we not celebrate that we're all growing? We all are different and we all are in this journey, but you know, who's the same God? 
God's the same, the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same power at work within you, within me, within that brand new, you know, one that walked through the door last week that gave their life to Jesus that, you know, is living with their partner and now figuring out like, what does this look like? And we want to celebrate that instead of getting right to, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do that. Do we not trust the work of the Holy Spirit? Can we not celebrate every single movement and step and not expect them to be where we are down the journey? Oh my goodness. This is exactly a heart space that God's getting to. Let's just lead, allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. Can we just end with that? Yeah. Holy Spirit, lead me and thank you that you don't judge me with what I actually should be judged with. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Can I not walk? with such a view of yeah. such grace and mercy that I drink from mm-hmm. in gulps every day, but yet I sparingly give out. Oh God, help us. Yeah. Help us not to be wicked in that way. And that is exactly what we talk about judgment. Judgment actually cuts off mercy, fully cuts off mercy. Yeah. Yeah. But mercy triumphed over judgment. Yeah. And that's the work of the cross. So God, May you do that work in us. May mercy triumph over judgment in our heart. And may we walk in the same spirit of grace we've been given. May it overflow into the lives of those around us. Yeah. Yeah. That is powerful. That is so, so good. You know, I think honestly, one last thought is I think this comes down to our comfort. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a really great space, especially in any sort of church or religious environment. You know, the next time that we're uncomfortable, like instead of passing judgment, maybe ask the Lord what he's doing. Wow, that's so good. Lord. Because it really does come down. These judgments do come down to our own discomfort. And yeah, they do. Yeah. We don't like it a certain way. Why? Why? And why is our comfort the first, like the, the most important thing? It's actually not. It's actually not. In fact, I think God wants to lead us on a journey of discomfort, constant discomfort in our dependency in him. So I think the next time we're in a situation where we're uncomfortable with you know, a certain, you know, whatever, a person, what they're, a choice they're making. And like, I have to do this with my parenting. I have to do this with the closest relationships in my life. Um, some of my friends who are making unwise choices, like all of that. But when that discomfort comes, like take that to Jesus and ask him, God, how can I love? Show me the way of love. Show me the way of love as being the way you want me to walk and trust that God is working in the midst. And so I just encourage you with that. Um, as we close today, thanks so much for joining this difficult conversation, but honestly together, let's do better. Let's love better. Let's do better in this and let's love better. Let's lay down our judgments and love each other better. And I know that God wants to move powerfully and he wants to use you. He wants to use you to do it. So have a great day. Uh